This week, we have a special guest. Our good friend from Awakened Church, Eric Contreras, is with us, and we talk about his childhood on the streets of Mexico City and his journey to the United States. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road, Twitter at The Radical Road One. Visit our website on theradicalroad.com and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Thanks for joining us tonight, Eric. I'm so glad that you're on with us. How how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, thanks for asking. It's it's uh, it is a pleasure to be with you guys, with the both of you. It's uh, it's such a privilege. So thank you. We sure miss you. I feel like yeah, the, likewise. I feel like the privilege is ours. I haven't we haven't <laughs> talked for a little bit. This is awesome. I'm gonna yeah, have to well. yeah. I'm gonna have to stay away from the idle chit chat. Cause I'd like, <laughs> I want to just like ask you a bazillion questions, but, uh, we'll stay on point and we'll get into all that off air. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So today we brought Eric on cause we really want to hear, um, Eric's story. We want our audience, um, out there to hear his story of just from the very beginning of him growing up and finding faith. So go ahead and share with us if you would, Eric. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I was just going to say, like, we've actually heard your story before. It's very impactful and very powerful story. And, but you told the story at church, which doesn't allow us to ask questions. And I was sitting there thinking of all these questions. So this will be good. But really, where we want to start is as a young kid, you were <laughs> pretty much on the streets. So if you could just tell us, right. like, from there, like the beginning of how you kind of got to that point and what was happening in your life? Well, um, as you mentioned, um, as a little kid, I was living on the streets and it was not by choice. <laughs> um, I was forced, my, both my parents, my, my mother and my dad, they, they, they're still alive. However, um, my story is unique in, the, in, I don't know if I should say unique, but, uh, Growing up, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of hate um, in my heart because I was forced to live in the streets when I have both of my parents alive. Yeah, um, I, I live with uh, nuns, and, and this is me growing up in Mexico. This is me having to work at a very young age. I was I was um, talking with my, my with my kids. I have three kids, as you guys know, and I was telling them they were we were just talking about things that they wanted and, and you know as, as you're growing older and your friends have things that sometimes you don't have blah, blah, blah. there's this competition right in high school and as you're growing and anyway so um one thing led us to another so we started talking about um the things that my wife and i went through growing up but one of the things that i told him it was i remember growing up and I can tell you that I remember more times that I was punching the face because I was fighting with other other kids on the streets because I, I I needed money or they were trying to take my money away for for a hard day to work that I mean they were just trying to take what I had and, and I remember more punches in the face than than hugs growing up as a kid. After my, my divorce uh, my parents divorce it was it was a really nasty divorce. My dad went to a different state. Uh, I was born close to Mexico City so my mother came to the United States. My my dad is in Mexico but uh, she he went to a uh, um, he looked at religion for um, relief on on um, the things that he was going through, uh, and in the midst of all of that, they they left me and my brother um, alone. And um, as you mentioned, we we have to learn how to work. Um, since we were kids, um, I learned how to fight. <laughs> so, how old were you then, Eric? I was I was about five, six years old uh, when I started um, living on my own. But at first, when my dad left, um, I, I was left on the care of my, my grandma, but, but unfortunately she passed away and that's when uh, I started living uh, where I could. I was talking to my wife just a couple of days ago, we went to see a jazz game and on the way back, we were just talking about one of my friends from Mexico and, and we were just talking about their lives and I told him, 
how I used to try to get along with with my friends in school so they could invite me to their home so they their their families will feed me so sometimes i will stay there late and 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 help them with their homework help them where i could to so that uh, they will uh, say you know what is late do you want to eat before you go home or something like that and 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 that was some of the things that i had to do so i used to get up really early in the morning uh, to go to school and then after that uh, after work i used to get out of school at around around 2 p.m. or so, and then from there I went to work, straight to work, and um, got home usually around 11. So what kind of employment do you get as a five, six-year-old? Like, where were you working at? Well, you don't get employed. Yeah, you're, you don't get employed. Um, yeah. You look for things that you can, where you can actually earn some money. You can earn your food, right? So I was working at the market when where I was born. Um, I, I used to look for the older people, older ladies that, that were carrying their bags with groceries. Now I'm talking about a big, big market. I'm not talking about a market like a, a Sam's Club or something like that. I'm talking about the... the a huge outdoor uh, market. Exactly. Yeah. And so you have all these ladies walking with their bags, right? So I, I used to go um, again next to them and say, do you mind if I carry your bags and you can give me whatever, you can buy me some food, blah, blah, blah. So those were the kind of things that I was doing, and um, I was when when it was a rainy day, and many people, and there were not many people buying uh, stuff in the market. I used to go to the bus stops and and ask the, the bus drivers if they will allow me just to kind of um, uh, clean their bus from the inside, just clean it, and and again just see if they will tip me anything. What so, I think is amazing is that you were still going to school during this time. So yeah. no one was telling you to go to school, but you just made the choice to go to school? Well, yes. And the reason why just was because I I um I knew that I, I couldn't stay where I was. Uh, I knew if I didn't do something to change my life, nobody was going to do anything for me. Right. So in the middle of all of this, um, I was very good at school. Um that's not surprising. Really yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had really good grades, um, but like I said, uh, one of the last things my my mother, my my well, my grandma, I used to call her mother. Um, my grandma taught me is that um, um, whatever you do, be the best at what you do, and and whatever Rated you're nice. doing in life, yeah, whatever you're doing in life, also keep studying, get, get, prepare yourself, get better at whatever you do. I remember walking in the, in, in the city where I was born and I used to see these huge walls. Uh, in Mexico, you normally don't see the house. You see the wall uh, uh, made of, of uh, stone where that protects the house and inside or behind those big walls, there are these beautiful, beautiful mansions. And uh, I always wanted something like that. I used to say when I, when I, grew up, I'm going to own one of those houses, I'm going to be living there. So I wanted something, even though I was in the middle of drugs, I was in the middle of... Um, the power of your words. But yeah, right? yeah <laughs> ex exactly. I mean, I, I think I know God has, has something very special for me. So one thing that I want to, uh, I guess, share with you guys, Jesse, is that many of us run away from our past because it is, it is so painful that we want to run away from it. One thing that I learned um, is that I don't want to erase my past because that that's that tool that God used to make me what I am today, what what He was gonna make me to yeah. be. So so if I erase anything from my past, as I mean, there were many times in my life where I wanted to die. I even throw myself in front of cars because I wanted I wanted them to run me over. Uh, I I poked myself with knives. Um, you name it. There was so yeah. much pain, and 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 um, all of that. God transformed all of that and used that. And like I said, now that I can look back, I give thanks to God that I went through all of that, because not only that makes me a better person, makes me understand a lot of things. But I mean, and uh, to know you now, Eric, too. Like when um, so Eric and I were in Pathfinders. It's a business mastermind course. And he told this story in Pathfinders to the class. And I just sat there in shock because to know him now, like he is just, he's just so successful and you're so successful. And
and you're just, you carry yourself with love and grace and you're just so strong, you know, you're just, um, one of those men that is such a great role model to younger men. And so it was surprising to, cause you don't walk around like a victim. You don't walk around, you know, letting everyone know what you, you know, what your past was, what it was to you. You actually have rose above it. Um, so well, so well. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can do that in life, but that's one of the things that uh, God taught me in, in my, in my early twenties. I, I, I was that person that was walking in life, feeling sorry for myself. Um, I was that person. Um, for good but, reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I had I had every reason to to. Here's the thing: in life, you have every reason to condemn yourself. You have every reason to every excuse in the world to say, um, "I'm going to become a drug addict. I'm going to become a a a nobody." Or you also at the same time you have all the excuses to say, "No, I'm going to do something with my life." I mean, I'm, I, I want my life to mean something to someone. And like I said, the last time, um, and the last time I felt that, Jesse, it was funny you said that, the last time I felt that, I ended up in a hospital because I had, I had to take a bunch of pills. I mean, I wanted to just completely die. I mean, I wanted to finish my life. I didn't want to be around. I, I, I felt so much re- rejection in life that I didn't want to be alive. I thought, I mean, I, I used to fight with God, telling him, I'm, I, why do you make me? Why do you just need a puppet? Is this what I am to you? I never ask you to be one. Those were the type of conversations that I had with God. Because so you again, blamed him. I, I used to blame God, absolutely. Um, I used to think, like I said, that I was a God's puppet. That that I was just I was I was this uh I was born in this mis- in, in misery and, and it was just for his pleasure. That's that's those were the type of conversations that I that I used to have with God. But once I woke up in that hospital, a hospital in, in, in Bonneville, Utah. I woke up in, in a hospital. I mean, I, I did not know where I was. And and next thing I know, I have tubes going through my nose, my mouth. And I got, that moment I wake up, I see a nurse case near to me, put something uh, on me again. And then I, I, I went out again and I wake up. And again, I, I find myself in a room all by myself. And, and that's when I realized, um, God spoke to me that day and told me, if you want to keep crying, nobody's going to do anything about it. You're going to keep crying. But if you want to change your life, you have to clean the, the tears of your, your, of your eyes and you have to do something about yourself. Now, I believe God has so much power. Mm, and sure and you, can, you, you can be in a lot of circumstances. I mean, if the world can be against you right now. Man and just the world can be all against you, but but uh, God is so amazing that He will allow you to take a position in life, to take the position the position you want to take. At that moment, for me, I said, I don't want to become the victim anymore. I I I don't want to be. See, for any any of your listeners that are listening right now and are single and think that getting married is gonna solve the loveliness that you feel inside that, that, uh, or a parent, you're a parent, you have a kid and you think that if uh, your son, your daughter gets married, that, that, um, person that is going to come into our life is going to change your life. That's a, that's a big line. That's, that's all is going to happen is you're going to become miserable. You're going to make that person next to you miserable as well, because you have to be happy with yourself before you can make anybody happy. And that was for me. For me, that was a turning point. Like I said, when I when I woke up there, I I I was tired. I was sick of it because again, I had every excuse to say and keep saying, "I don't want to. I don't want to leave. I'm just gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep attempting something against my life until I'm gone." Um, but I'm I'm glad that uh, a book. There was a Christian book that fell in my hands. And uh, that one, let me tell you something. I knew about God. I knew I, I met God when when um, when I came to the states. I was uh, 15 years old when I came to the United States, and I met God, and God started working with me. But I had to get to that point, and I believe God allowed me to get to that point to get to that hospital. 
uh, he allowed me to take those pills so that I will realize that I really needed to give my all to him. Because at that point, I was living a lie within mm-hmm. Christianity. I was alive, but I was dead inside because I wasn't healed inside. So until then, until I got that book, that that it was a, it was a, I, I don't I don't remember the name of the book. Um, it was a Spanish book. Uh, it was um, the the writer was um, the director of uh, um, I believe he was um, I don't remember. <laughs> That's all right. Um, That's okay. But. Uh, <laughs> Wow. With that, that first paragraph of that book, it talked about the story of an eagle egg that a um, a farmer found. Um, and he took that, that egg and put it in the middle of, of uh, that chicken nest. And so a chicken came along and it started um, incubating that egg that the uh, eagle was was born. Right. And and one day as he was just digging for warmth, he looked up up to the sky and saw an eagle flying. And the eagle said, I wish I was with that like that eagle. And then the, the chicken next to him said, Don't even look about don't even look at that eagle. That is a magnificent, uh, majestic eagle and, and you're nothing like it. Keep eating your worms. And I felt at that moment that that was me. That was that was the light that the devil had implanted on my on my head telling me that i was a nobody because i i I couldn't believe growing up why my my parents left me um in my head i i I, again i was dealing with so much rejection and and i have again i had drugs i had alcohol i had everything at my disposal um and i i thank god that i i was not involved with any of that um in his grace a lot of things happened to my life it was for me to understand that I was not a chicken, that I was surrounded by chickens, but I was meant to be flying with eagles. And that's. And that's, you're an eagle, dude. You're an eagle. <laughs> so, so we kind of laid the groundwork here of your story. And like I said, when I heard you tell it the first time, I had all these questions, you know. So I kind of want to go back a second here and kind of just pick through some of the pieces of this story because. There's some very interesting things about this. And number one, like my first question is, you know, you hit the streets, you're five, six years old, and that goes on, you know, you're on the street on your own up until, you know, 15, you come to the United States. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm thinking about myself in elementary school and what I was doing in elementary school, like I remember kindergarten, I'm learning how to tie my shoe and I'm coloring in coloring books and I'm learning how to write, you know, letters and things. But here you are on the street just trying to survive and feed yourself. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Like, is that just like an instinctual thing that kicked into you? Like, do you even remember the thoughts that were in, in your head at that time? Like, yeah. like, what was it that you knew what you were supposed to do? When you're hungry, Matt, I guess instinct just kicks in and, 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 and at least away. I mean, yeah, I, I am very honest. The first time I had to ask a bus driver, he will allow me to go into his, his bus and allow me just to clean it for a tip. I had tears in my eyes. I was, I feel, I was feeling ashamed. Yeah. Again, I, I was feeling like this is what I, I, I was feeling like, again, unwanted. And, 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 and again, that's part of the lies that, that God, sometimes you have to do life. You have to do what you have to do to survive. Um, mm-hmm. At that age, like I said, there was a like, I, I remember my friends being, um, taken to the school by their by their parents their moms like holding hands and and looking that i had in my mind that beautiful picture i used to remember that i i i used to cry to god and say god give me a mom even if she she's bad with me even if she grants me even if she tells me anything i want a hug i i this is what i want and like i said it's 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 to me it was pain that was driving me it was a pain to say i mean at that time i didn't have some people say, well, I have a, a daughter that I have to work for. I have a son, I have a wife, I have something. At that, at that age, you have nobody by yourself. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, and 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 like I said, it, it was uh, <laughs> when you're alive and you're hungry. Um, you're just in survival mode. Think, <laughs> yeah, and all you can think is, how am I gonna feed myself? Where am I gonna eat? And I remember crying sometimes because where I was born in Queens, I remember being wet, cold. I remember crying in a corner, being hungry. Yeah, being hungry and and uh, and again, just having conversations through my whole life. Like I said, I, I had really amazing conversations with that with God, and I had really bad conversations with God. But but nevertheless, He was always present in one way or another. And like I said, when I was having these bad conversations with Him, when I was complaining to Him, uh, it was out of my lack of understanding or where what chapter in my life I was I was I did not know there was something more ahead of me but yeah I mean if, if I can tell you it was just desperation yeah yeah so even at that young age though you knew that there was a god like how how did you learn that was that from your parents your grandmother like where did that come from yeah so I come from a very strong Catholic family my my when my uh, grandma was alive, she used to take me to church and uh, she wanted me to become a priest. So she, she, in her way, she, she introduced me to a figure of that uh, there is someone else, that there is God. Uh, in her way, um, she did what, she, what, what, in her limited understanding, she, she, she did what she could. Like I said, when I, when I came to the United States and then I, I, uh, back then, I have heard of God. When I came to the States, I met God. I guess that was the biggest difference for me uh, between hearing of God and then understanding of that. So my, my, my back then as a kid, when I used to pray to God, I, didn't, I did not know I was a son of God. I knew I was a creation of God. And I, and I think that's the biggest difference. That when I became, a, 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 when I realized who I was in God, who I was in Christ, my prayers changed dramatically. The way I pray, the way I approach God changed. And that's those that was one of the, the pivot points in my life when things started changing in, in, in my surroundings. Yeah. You started becoming intimate and having an intimate relationship with him as your father. Correct. And and that's that's what happened. I mean, in church sometimes we go to church and we hear of God. But it's very different hurting of God and, and having a relationship, have an intimacy with God and, and Him being present in your life. So my question for you is, how did you end up in the United States? As, as I told you guys before, I have an older brother. He's three years older than me. The way I survived was thanks to, and, and this is to go through, I need to go through this so I can uh, answer your question. So. The way I survived it was because I had my brother. Um, and yeah. some, sometimes uh, with what he made, when I didn't make anything, sometimes he made money. When I didn't make any money, sometimes he would. And so um, that was the reason why I was able to stay alive. And, and I and I, I'm very thankful that I have an older brother who was to me was like my father. He's only three years older, but. Uh, um, you had someone to look I up put, to. Yes, he. he, he uh, I put the angels in our lives sometimes, and sometimes there are people that are really angels in our lives. Absolutely, that was my brother, and and when he he came to the states, uh, I was left alone. That was the worst part of my life when I was in Mexico by myself. So uh, three years after he moved to to uh, to the United States, he he was able to contact me and he said. Um, how you doing? <laughs> My answer was, <laughs> how do you think I'm doing? <laughs> you know how I'm doing. And and uh, he said, yeah, you want to come over? And I'm like, yeah, tell me what I need to do. Where do I go? And so I ended up in uh, San Diego. I had family in San Diego. And that was before. And my brother was living in, in Utah at the time. So I moved to San Diego. Um, and then from San Diego, my, my brother um, came down from Utah, went, went to to pick me up in San Diego, but it was, it was, uh, I had a fun time there with family, but uh, it was the first time uh, um, I was part of a family again. It was, it was. 
Okay. It was crazy. So that that's how I ended up in in uh, in the United States. And and the crazy thing is, um, the first thing he did um, when he's um, he's like, um, let's go to church. I knew my brother wasn't Catholic anymore. I knew he was a Christian. Me being raised in a, again in a, in a Catholic country in a Catholic, very Catholic uh, community, I, I didn't want to do anything with Christians or or, or anything of that nature. So, but I love my brother so much, and I said, "Okay, let's go." And that's when that was the first time I heard of God, and that's that's uh, when God started working in my life. So your brother really was like your angel. <laughs> he was, he was, and I and I and I really think uh, he was. Uh, now I'm trying to pull him back to church because he he went through a really nasty divorce too, and so I've been with him trying to tell him, you know what, uh, you need to be here. This is this is. This is your house and whatnot, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was the reason why in the first place I even let anybody talk to me about Christ. Are you guys close today? We are very close. We are very very close, um, more than anybody in my family. I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm his older brother. <laughs> well, you're and you're connected. Yeah. You're just connected, uh, now, you know. Yeah, in fact, he he's uh, my brother. He's uh, he's my partner in my trucking in our trucking business. Oh, okay. um, and I actually, I started the business and I brought him along because he wasn't doing so well. So I said, you know what, come, let's, 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 that's, that's, that's who we are. I mean, when, when I have a need, he's there. When, when I, when he has a need, I, I always try to be there again for him. Um, and we never, I mean, he can have a, a billion dollars. I don't have a billion dollars, but let's pretend I have a billion dollars. And those, that's my money. My brother will not touch a single time. Um, he's just one of those people that are just are just uh, he's very different he's amazing yeah. yes he's a good man he's, he's prideless he is yeah. he's amazing so great yeah. Huh. yeah so what was your first job in the united states uh um uh, my first job <laughs> again when i came to the states i was undocumented so uh, yeah. when he told me told me come live with me it wasn't like I have, okay, so what do I need to go there? I was like, either I go. I, at that point in my life, man, I was, again, it, it was, I was, if I had stayed another month, I probably wouldn't, would have ended up as a drug addict or something else. I don't know what it, what it was, but I know God came to my life at the, the perfect moment. But when I came here, like I said, I didn't have any way to be, um, I didn't have any chance to do anything. Yeah. So I just came, um, and the first job I did was working on a, on a field in Idaho, because um, that was the only way that I could work. So the first thing I did after meeting God was, I think that I don't want to stay here and document it. I don't want to be that person. I, I need you to be in my life. That was the first miracle, one of the first miracles I saw in my life, and where I started seeing God, God has moving my life. Um, uh, and that's how I knew that he wanted me to be here because I I prayed I prayed to God. I said, God, either give me what I need to be here and do things properly or send me back. I don't want to be hiding. I don't want to be lying. I don't want to be wow. choose that person. Just yeah, the so. fact that you had that good of core values and integrity at that young of an age to process in your mind like that. It's amazing to me. But yeah, so I, I had to to work in the shadows, like I said. So working, I was picking up rocks in a field in Idaho, and that was very demoralizing for me. But uh, again, I had to do what I had to do. So right. um, nobody else will give will give me a job. So that's what I did. <laughs> so you know, as a person that was born and raised in this country, you know, you speak of this was your, the first miracle God did for you. Like, what was the process? Like, did you? Like, did you automatically go for citizenship right away? Like, is it like a green card thing or like, what is that? Yeah. What was that process for you? Well, um, it was, it was a long process, but um, uh, during that time I was in high school. Um, I was in high school. I was working at night. Um, so I used to work graveyards at a cheese factory in, in uh, Cash County in Logan. Um, and then used to go to high school in the in the mornings, and I was used to it. By then, I came in contact with with my mother. Like I said, my mom came when when she divorced my my, my dad. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, she was a, a resident, um, 
And so I, I approached her and I said, if I pay for your papers so you become a citizen, would you pay me uh, so I can get a uh, work permit? And so she said, yes. Yeah. So I, uh, what I did, I, uh, I took paid vacations from my work. I was absent for a couple of weeks from high school and uh, got another two jobs and started working so to raise the money to, to pay for, for the documents or to submit the application with an attorney. And so I submitted my application, my brothers and my mother's as well. So, so I had to wait until she became a citizen. At that point, my, my petition was granted. Uh, I became, uh, well, I got a work permit and uh, months later I got uh, my, my residency. From there, uh, I was in my twenties when, when I became a citizen. So it was, it was a process. It wasn't free, it wasn't cheap. Uh, but, uh, I, I, and then we did what we had to do, my brother and I. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is just amazing. So, you know, you're, we know you, we've met you later in life to what, to the point where you're a successful businessman. Just kind of real quickly, tell us what you do, what you're involved in, like, what's your day-to-day job? jobs slash jobs because i know there's multiple <laughs> yes that's correct so so currently i i manage i'm a regional manager uh for a local credit union i i manage a group of mortgage loan officers that's what i do from my nine to six but uh, i also uh started like i said a, a trucking company with my brother a couple of years ago um i also have with my with my wife a real estate company uh, real estate investment company. There's a couple other starting companies that uh, I've been working with with uh, with my brother and, and by myself as well. So I I um I try to keep my mind occupied. <laughs> yeah, it's hard sometimes. Uh, but um, you're a pathfinder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. So what scripture comes to my mind as you were talking earlier? I had to just look it up because it. I don't want to mess this up because it just was so good. It kept coming to my mind when you were talking is um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. I will bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success, not of suffering. Because you had so much suffering as a young child. God just had plans for you all along because you, you were so strong in that suffering and you still turned to him. You know how Job um, was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose my faithfulness, God. And he was tested. And that's what I feel like you went through that. You were like Job and you were just tested and you didn't lose your faithfulness the whole, the whole journey. And (laughs) now you're being blessed. You had this future that is now filled with success and hope. And, and do you know what just, I mean, um, that is a beautiful scripture. I I, I love the scripture and I have to be on it. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. Um, there has been a couple of times that has been so faithful with, with, with my family, with me and my family, not too long ago. And not too long ago, I was, um, it was night. I, I, I was, I couldn't sleep. And, and so I got up and I was laying on my, I, I sat on my living room and I was just staring outside and, and just tears started just rolling on my eyes. And, and, and those were just tears of, of joy, right? It's just, I remember crying, crying, because there was so much need in my life, life, and then finding myself with tears in my eyes, not understanding why God chose me to be so blessed. It's it's amazing. I mean, there there's so much I can tell you. And one thing that I I don't I, I need to talk about this because the reason why God has opened a lot of doors for me, Jess and Matt, is because God showed me about four years ago that I needed to be faithful with him. And he showed me how to tie the best 10% of everything I, I, I make. And so the very first 10% of everything I, I make, people can probably choose not to believe yeah. that, this is, that this is not a thing. But I can tell you, I mean, I can tell you, I, I was doing so bad about four years ago that I, I mean, I went from making so much money. I had my own mortgage company and then, I lost everything. I got to a point where I, I was not making my money. I was okay, but I was not being fruitful. And so I remember I was at church and I was crying to God. I say I was saying, telling God, why 
I'm like, here, why? I just cannot take off. And 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 I remember saying, at that time, I wasn't, I was not a tiger. And I said, God, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to start tithing for six months. I'm not even going to tell my wife. I'm just going to do this. This is going to be something between you and I. By the end of the six months, if I don't see a change in my life, in my finances, I'm just going to stop tithing and I'm going to just take a step back from church. I'm going to let my wife, I'm going to let my kids come to church, but I just, I, I don't know if you're real or not. No, we, and, we <laughs> totally agree. Um, Cause we had, we experienced the same thing, you know, when you have faith and you, you put him to the test, just like it says in Malachi 310, mm-hmm. I am the Lord all powerful. And I challenge you to put me to the test, bring the entire 10% into the storehouse. So there will be food mm-hmm. in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. Mm-hmm. And you walked into obedience with that. And so now he's yeah. flooding you with all these blessings. So what happened in that six months? Well, the, the, thanks for asking that question. The first, <laughs> the first thing that happened, just the very first thing that happened, I didn't start getting money or I didn't, I didn't start a new business. None, I didn't get a promotion, none of that. The very first thing that started happening in my life was my relationship with my wife became like it was it has since then it has been the best relationship that i ever had with her you I two mean, have I'm, the most beautiful marriage <laughs> yeah i gotta say yeah i'm i'm married i marry uh, for sure my my wife is amazing she's <laughs> she's she's not from this world i gotta tell you that she's an angel she's pretty um, gorgeous <laughs> inside and out yeah, inside and out <laughs> yeah so that was the very first thing she, i saw a blessing in my life it was my relationship with my wife and then man it was my kids um i saw how my kids were growing in 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 faith they were growing on who they are but i'm gonna share this <laughs> yes um please hopefully, do hopefully um eli's eli's my older son um you know you guys know this but uh, he just recently moved to to um the dorms he well he says that he moved there but he spends most of the time here only three days there he, he misses <laughs> us a lot he's not ready to move out i guess but but uh he he, he called me uh just last week i was actually in a convention a work convention in, in park city and uh um he called me he was on his on his dorm he got to his room he called me he's like that yeah i mean i gotta talk to you so I, I got out of my, my uh, conference and I, I pick up the phone and when my kids call me, I, I got to be there for them. So I pick up the phone and, and he's like, I'm like, what happened? What happened? But he's like, I was walking. I, I got out of my car. I got into my building. I was walking to the elevator and a very attractive girl uh, approached me and he, she started talking for him with me. Basically, she invited me to sleep with her. Okay. Um, and he's like, and and the worst thing of all is that she was fine, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that that happens, buddy. He was but put see, to the test. <laughs> he was put to the test, but th- see, here's where I'm going with this. This is the type of blessing that I received. One, my kid calling me, telling me a uh, 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 a girl threw herself to me. Yes. Two, my 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 son telling me, no, I'm mature enough, I'm man enough to say no to a girl. Those are the type of blessings that I started seeing in my life before any finances, before anything. Um, the blessings of God are not just financial, are just, I mean, God is so perfect that he places the whole, you hold everything. And that's what I started seeing in my life. Those were the type of blessings that I started seeing. Then the financial blessing started coming. I mean, we, I started, I pay off, I had about $80,000 in debt. I paid that off. Then I, I, I paid off my home. I bought another home. I, I paid down the balance. Like, I mean, I things started just coming left and right. But the very first thing was my relationship with my wife and the, the, the fruits, the, the, the blessings, the, the integrity of my kids uh, uh, to a point where um, anything that we do, uh, it has to be around church. So anytime we want to go camping, anytime, anytime we want to go out of the city, we have to plan our vacations around church because like our kids don't want to miss church. Those were the type <laughs> of blessings that I got. Yeah. 
Well, and when you go to an amazing church, it's like a party for Jesus. Uh, it's just fun. That, yeah, <laughs> that is that is true. See, uh, it, it, we don't see we don't see a relationship with God as a religion. Uh, churches, as you said, our church is, is fun. It's it's alive. Uh, we talk about real things, and that's like one of the things that I learned at church. And I'm glad that I'm planted where I am uh, because I had. Uh, I learned a lot, for example, that emerged. There was a lot that I that I learned how to honor, uh, and not only honor up, right, but honor down as well, honor yeah, my yeah. kids, honor my wife. Yeah. So, so, so I'm good, having, Eric. yeah, the most amazing conversation with my kids where we are able to talk about sex. Yeah. Conversations that I never had with 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 anybody. Um, I've been able to tell my kids, okay, you're gonna start dating this girl. These are the positive sort of things that are going to happen. So let's talk about sex. And, not, and I'm not saying let's talk about sex. Here's a condom. No, it's let's talk about sex. That's not good for you to have right now outside of your marriage. Those are the type of conversations we have. Right. Because now talking about sex for many people think, okay, let me show you how to, how to use a condom or how to just plan beer or whatever. That's not a sex conversation. It's, it's a talking a conversation of abstinence, having the, and, and showing your kids, yeah, it is possible. Uh, here's here's uh, what I tell my kids. It's, it's let me. This is something not new to me because when I became a Christian, that's who I became as well. Yeah, yeah. But I was able to have these conversations with my kids now that I never think I could. Well, and this is how. why it's so important um, for families today, right? To yes. to have this kind of open communication, to have a foundation. Um, in Christ on rock, right? So they can have these conversations yes. like you're having with your family. And, you know, I'm thinking about your tithing story and so many people tithe and they, they give to get, and that stops there, right? Yes. Well, yes. we give to get, to give even more back, right? To the kingdom. Yes. And people automatically think that it's going to just be abundance and money, mm -hmm. monetary, and what right. you saw was abundance and riches in a lot of areas of your life before you even received the abundance of actual money. That's that is true. That is true. And and again, it's it's um and another thing that I didn't touch on was my relationship with, with God. It just became so and I have never experienced deep, a deep relationship with God as, as of right now. When when I started to walk in obedience. Uh, on, on a very simple principle, principle that is giving just a 10% of everything that you make. Now, I don't want to say I became a, fan, a fanatic, but I became very aware of the spiritual blessings that come when yes. you give. Um, uh, and and uh, in, in within this period of time, that's when, again, that's when I started my, my uh, tracking business. And, and I'm praying to God for or other things. I mean, there there was a point where I thought um, I'm gonna close the the, the tracking business. It was uh, there was a point where I was not making any money, and then out of nowhere, I started getting contracts, five thousand, seven thousand dollars contracts. I'm like, well, I guess this is God telling me no. This is not what you have to do, and that's part of the guidance that you get from being from walking in obedience. God, um, God is there with you. It started showing you. Start showing you what to do, what not to do, and 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 that's because you're you are in tune. You're able to hear um, his voice. But uh, um, again, I, I just go back to um, I'm glad I, I went through everything that I that I went through. Even though at that time I didn't understand it, I have learned a lot. I I I read a quote not too long ago that said, uh, "Don't judge a person by the chapter in his life that he's in." Because you don't know what the next chapter in his life will be. I mean, right. I I I have learned so much. Um, God so has been. I have a question right. for you, Eric. So, yes. um, given you know your story and just the life that you led as a young child, and then coming over to the United States and the process and how hard you worked to become a citizen of the United States, how do you feel about the? open border right now and people coming over and flooding the United States. How do you feel about all that? Well, um, you're going to call me a hypocrite <laughs> because I, I, that's how I cross the border, but I'm, I'm against it. Um, I, and I, I understand the people that cross the border and the reasons why they do. 
Uh, however, I do not I do not like our current policies. Uh, I, I don't I think um, some of the open border. Um, and again, this is just me being real on what I think. No, this is good. This I, is I, what I, this podcast is, is true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're damaging people. I think we're damaging the United States. I think we're the United States to me is not uh, a country. Again, I'm a citizen. And the moment I became a citizen, I make the United States my home. I, I love Mexico, but I'm no longer a Mexican. Right. I'm a United American. I, I'm a citizen of the United States, and that means I need to protect my country. My country is here where I live, the country that gave my wife, that gave me my kids, and this is where they're being raised. And I see people coming with all these benefits, and I, I the only thing that I see is as damaging those people that are coming in, coming in with all these benefits, used uh, by the policy having having open borders. That is so wrong. That is not a way to do things i i and i'm sorry like i said i i know that was my process and i can sound the hypocrite but that is the wrong approach personally that's what i think i'm not for open borders so i mean this is kind of a huge question and i don't know if you'd be be able to answer it but you know i think about you as a young kid in mexico and i look at you now as the man that you are the man, <laughs> the man, the legend, Eric the Contreras. Legend. Yes. Yeah. I look at you this way. Like, like I look at you like a brother. Like I just, I love you. I Thank love you your like family. Place. I love your kids, Thank you. Thank but you. it gets me thinking about like kids that could be in certain, you know, are obviously in the same kind of circumstance that you were mm -hmm. like, what do you think needs to happen? You know, in terms of, giving these people a chance, you know, cause I, cause deep down, like, you know, this is a big argument within our country right now is the border and everything. <laughs> and it's not like, I feel the same way as you, but I also have a heart for, for people yes. that are trying to get opportunity. Like, yes. like, what do you think the answer is here? I mean, I know that's a big question, but like, have you ever put thought around that to what could be done maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, let's take, for example, somebody somebody that is not in the States right now. Um, somebody that is in a, in a different country. And you pick up the country, I, I don't care. Somebody that wants to come to the States, somebody that is... Um, uh, well, I'm going to give an example. We At church, we have, we have taken over several orphanages in Mexico. Yeah. Um, what I think we can do as, as a country, what I think I can do as a church is um, not only send money to feed those kids, but uh, I, I believe that, that these people are, are more than hungry for food, they're hungry for opportunities. If we go and we take, if we send teachers, if we send them to universities, if we, if we give them opportunities right where they are, they will be able to develop the place in the world where they are. Yeah. That's good. I think we, we yeah, I think we, 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 um, we think sometimes that the, the solution is to bring every person to the United States. The United States is only so big, uh, and we can only take so many people. But if we, instead of sending money, we send people to train, people to teach, we're gonna, we're gonna grow a network of people that will be indebted, like I am, to the United States in a way that. Uh, I know who my mentor is. I know who who fed me when I need it. They're gonna we're gonna grow the loyalty with these kids. And and out of those people, let's bring them over. Let's bring as as many people say. Let's bring the very best. And and if you're gonna come, if you're a person that um, probably that's not the case, you need to come here. Okay, let's 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 get you here. But let's let's do it in a in a orderly way. You are coming in. Let's see first of all. Let's see your background. Are you somebody that is running away because you killed someone? Are you running away from your country because um, you have problems with the law? You're you're running because you did something incorrectly, or are you coming here truly because you're looking for an opportunity? Okay, if you're looking for an opportunity, then let's let's uh, let's put you in a system and let's get you to work before we give you a. a, a a way to get all these benefits. Let's see how you produce. Let's see that you're an actual person that wants to do something with your life. And then let's talk about a process of 
get into uh, uh, into a uh, a path for citizenship. Like I said, I'm. I'm I, wow, I these are like wise solutions. <laughs> these are really wise solutions. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I, it, didn't I didn't know what to expect when I asked that question. But man, you <laughs> have thought about this, haven't you? <laughs> I I have because I, I'm I'm again I'm I was born outside the United States and 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 I'm thankful for this opportunity. And I see, um, and again, out of the love that I have for the United States, I out of love that I have for the people that have embraced me, like like you two, you guys, you guys are amazing. I, and I really look up to you guys. I mean, you, I think you guys are unbelievable. Uh, in delivery individuals and, and like I said, I, I love you guys and I and I I'm thankful for that opportunity. Now let, let me go back a few well not a few years but some years back in my life. Um I used to live in a world that was all based on Spanish speaking people. I was afraid to to go out because I had change in my brain. Um and when I said I had changed in my brain I, I used to think that there was that the evil white man existed. That's that's such a uh, such a lie, such a uh, uh, wrong. Uh, Another lie from the devil. That is being sold. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a such a ridiculous lie that is being sold right now to the people, and that is imprisoning people in their minds, thinking there is a division between the black, the brown, the yellow, the pink, the, the purple, and all of them together. It does such a lie. There's people, um, and that's all it is. I mean, when I started coming to 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 awaken. Um, and I started to see the love that, that the people had for me. I, I my, my eyes were open uh, even more uh, to what I was missing out. And that's why I say when it comes to, to uh, open borders and, and how we should let people in, it's, it's let's hire it up to, 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 to society, right? Don't, don't, I, I, to me, I don't want people coming to the United States and, and thinking, well, I just got here. I was talking to a person, I, I never tried her. Uh, I went to take my truck for service, and anyway, so I had they, the the dealer where I went sent me uh, an Uber to take me home, and I was we were talking about it, and they were like, I don't want Trump in 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 uh, the White House again because X Y Z, and 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 he was telling me how Democrats are so so amazing, blah blah. I'm like, you come from a country that uh, you're you're running away from a country, a socialist country. People like this right now in, in, in the White House are becoming or transforming the United States into a socialist country. Exactly. Where, we get, where we're trying to get rid of uh, everything that made the United States possible. God. Uh, yeah, country's I changing mean, right in front of our eyes. Exactly. And I'm like, you don't understand because it, it, the, it, these beautiful countries give you so much right now that you don't understand where that comes from. That comes from hardworking people. Right. right, that that are willing to to give out of their money to pay the IRS and to pay their portion. You're just receiving, and right. that's not what the United States is. The United States was formed by people willing to create a, a beautiful country and change their lives, and that's how they changed life, the life for others. It wasn't born. The United States wasn't born by people uh, who wanted to receive more. They were they were willing to give their lives to protect their rights of freedom, and 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 that's what again going back to immigration. I'm very passionate about uh, immigration because I think we're doing a big disservice right now to, to our country. Yes. It's not about a love issue. I think that's not the problem. We do love people, all people coming people. in, right? But your mm -hmm. solutions are still loving people um, yes. and loving on people. And that's what we're called to do is love people. And um, a lot of uh, non-believers will automatically uh, jump to say, well, you don't love these people coming in. Well, it's not a, it's not a love issue. It's not that we don't love these people coming in. It's what you're saying. It's our country's changing right in front of our eyes and we have to do something mm -hmm. there. You know, you can't just walk right into Canada. You can't just walk right into another country and live there. You know, you have to do what you did, right? There's a process. Mm -hmm. There, there's a process absolutely yes. and, and the other thing is it's a uh, right now i see we're doing more for immigrants than for citizens so it is it, it is to me it is unbelievable how much we're doing for for people right now for immigrants that we're doing for our own citizens it's just it's just unbelievable it, it just gets on my nerves again i i 
I don't believe what we're going through right now as a country is is we're trashing our constitution. We're we're trashing what we stand for, and and and. Uh, yeah, it's it's really it's sad. It's really sad. And well, I think there's a lot of people that agree with you, mm-hmm. and I've been saying this more lately. I'm like, there's more of us than you think there are. You know, yeah. when you watch the news and you see social media and stuff, you know, I I still don't believe that that's the majority. Like, I feel like it's a very small piece of the population that are having certain views. And I feel like the majority is still people like you, people like us that think this way. And I don't know that we're necessarily being silent. We're just not being heard right now with the way things are being dictated. Um, You know, so it's really tough right now. It is a a couple um, weeks ago, I was watching TV with uh, um, Ben Shapiro. We were watching some of these Ben Shapiro's videos with with, uh, my my kids and, uh, um anyway we're just sitting together as a family and i, I told my kids i cannot stay silence anymore i cannot be quiet anymore uh and i think that's part of the problems that we've been having as american americans is that we've been we've been many of us have been silenced because we've been we've been told that if we say something we're gonna hurt people and we're these evil people that were hurting verbally other people by just speaking and but but i think we now have to stand up and we have to be loud and we have to be heard about things that are changing changing in our in our uh in our schools in, in i mean i told my 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 youngest Israel, i told my my son that's so long ago i told him if anybody in your school comes along and start telling you that uh you have to call a man a woman a woman a man and all of this i was like you have my permission to get up call me get out of the school Call me and say, I need text in school. If school calls you for whatever reason, I will back you up and you will say, my dad, you have no permission from my dad to talk about this to me. My dad has to read to this and my dad, my dad do not agree with this. And here's the thing, uh, just because we don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that we love them. As you mentioned, right? Uh, exactly. A few minutes ago, yes. yes. It's, 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 it's not. Yeah, love isn't always we don't tolerate, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of love in disagreeing as well. Yes. Boom. So and, and, for any of our audience, that's how you parent right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ad- addressing a lie comes from love. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't allow your kids to be lied mm-hmm. to. You need to speak the truth, right? And, exactly. and because that ruffles some feathers in certain circles, we get accused of not loving them. And it's the opposite. Yeah. Like, Exactly. We want people to to succeed at life, and when you see somebody going down the wrong path, you your instinct is to pull them out of it, right? That does come from right. love, but yeah. it's gotten it's gotten weird, my friend. <laughs> it, it has, it has, yeah, it's absolutely weird. Well, um, we are running shorter on time now, but um, so we'll have to wrap this up. But we sure do miss. The Contreras family, we miss Awaken Church and our we call it our family in Utah. <laughs> you guys are our family. Yeah. We, we are family, yes. yes. And we love you guys and miss you guys for sure. Yeah, thank oh, you yeah. so much for taking time for us and sharing this story. I think it's very powerful. You know, that's the great thing about God is he, he takes somebody like you, brings them from something just awful. And you have a testimony, you have a story, and it rel- it will relate to people, and it needs to be heard. And I agree with you, people need to be talking about things that are going on in our country. Um, and then and churches need to be talking about tithing. Yep. Churches, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Churches yeah, yeah. There's about so tithing. many churches that don't want to mm-hmm. touch the subject matter of tithing, and it's all throughout the Bible. Uh, and yes. so it's it's like that was such a gift to have a church to go to that spoke on that. So I'm glad that you touched on that and just what you and Audrey are doing with the missions. Tell our audience too, also what you're doing with missions. Well, we, we are, um, my wife and I were the directors, uh, for our campus in Salt Lake of, uh, missions. We, 
again, culture, uh, culture has a lot to do with, with who we are within the church, right? Uh, we are loud, we're, we're loving, but we, we don't deviate from the truth of the church one way or another. Uh, just to give an example, one of the things that we do in church, not only we, um, we help with um, the orphanages in Mexico, and we also sponsor kids in Peru. We have like 11 villages that we sponsor as church. And that includes all the campuses, uh, not only in Salt Lake and, and now soon to be open also in uh, uh, Idaho, uh, but San Diego as well. And yes, um, we, we go to um, Colorado City uh, to talk to uh, people as well there, people that have been very uh, hurt, the uh, LDS, uh, what do you call them? Um, the FLDS? The FLDS, yes. Yeah, thank the you. fundamentalist. Um, fundamentalist, thank yeah. you. Uh, but one thing that we're doing with our current community, uh, within within Awaken, uh, as directors, we take over, um, as part of the mission, we, we have taken over a uh, community um, of Brazilians. We have a lot of people from Brazil coming to church. And we started a service um, once a month and part of the, the things and we we do that service in, in portuguese i don't speak any portuguese but i'll do my best <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that we do is we as we preach we we teach them also um culture like for example one of the things that i tell um uh, my my brothers i love these people they're amazing I tell them when, because normally you have somebody translating during service and, and they have headsets. What I tell them is have a headset in one ear and take the headset out the other ear so you can hear what the preacher is saying in, in English and you can hear the translation. So you become little by little, uh, you can become part of the church. You don't become like a stranger sitting on a corner, but you become part of the community. Yes. And that's what you want. You want to be a functional member of that community where you live, where you serve. And so that's, those are the types of things that we do uh, as, as a, a mission uh, uh, leaders in our church. Yeah, we directly, we try, we talk, we try to um, bring people into the uh, community. Uh, we don't try to make a second community no, no, no. I love you're that. here you're in this country you are part of this be part of this we were yeah. one big happy family there <laughs> exactly exactly yes have you had their barbecue yet <laughs> oh yes i did amazing <laughs> i want to go I, I was rolling out of that place i was i ate so much yeah <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> we went to one of their barbecues like i'm going when's the next one <laughs> yeah. Shout out I'm to Davina you, and her barbecue. Yeah. Oh, Davina's amazing. And, yeah. and everybody uh, around her are just, just uh, amazing people. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, this time we really will wrap it up. I'm we'll doing this mid Midwest um, long goodbye, apparently, but. <laughs> So, but we are like so it. grateful for you and your family and um, we just feel so honored that you came on tonight and talked to us um, on our episode. And I'm sure um, this will hit home for many people in our audience. So we just thank you again, Eric, and we appreciate you. But we would like to end today's episode with a prayer. We just want to pray over our um, our audience. And if you're not one that likes to pray, you can shut her down now, but we would love for you to stick around and pray along in agreement. So dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today and we just ask that you watch over all of the orphans um, out there in the not only in other countries, but in the United States as well. Lord, we just pray for um, any any young children that have been um, just abandoned and they need your guidance, Lord. We just pray that that uh, you just watch over each of them, that, that they have angels in their lives, that they know that you are very real and that their story ends up much like Eric's where they end up uh, finding you and seeking you and following you for the rest of their days, Lord. We just pray for all the immigrants coming over into this country that feel lost confused, uh, maybe we're promised certain things. Lord, we just pray for them. We pray for um, 
justice. We pray for justice for this country. We pray that you protect this country, that uh, you, Lord, allow us to see with your eyes, Lord, that we can see with your eyes and that we just love, but yet that there's solutions that, as Eric had spoke about, that, that Lord, that we have a government that rises up and finds solutions, Lord. We just pray that the good, um, that good comes into play, that the evil um, is just wiped away from our government, Lord, that it is um, revealed, it comes to surface, and it's wiped away, and that um, good prevails, Lord. We just praise you and thank you for your goodness, your kindness, for loving us, each of us, flawed. Lord, we just pray that um, that we can have giving hearts like Eric, Lord, that all of us listening, all of the audience listening, that, that we can all have giving hearts like Eric, that we give from our heart, that it's not a have to, that it's something that we choose to do, we want to do, um, because we love you so much. And we know that we are just the vessels of your money, that money um, moves through us, that you're actually our manager. Thank you, Jesus, for um, just each and every person out there listening, all of our listeners. We pray blessings over each person, Lord, that you just protect each and every person and bring them blessings, Jesus, in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen.